Welcome back to new to medical device sales and first year in this is going to be a podcast where we do both because today we are bringing back our friend, our expert, Jason Elmore from Elite Execution Sales Consulting, who is going to be able to share tips from when he wish he could just tell us when he was younger and getting started. It's going to help all you first year in people, but also to everyone who's trying to interview, right? This is going to be advice that you know he sees because he works with so many different people. And also most of our first year in people are at that associate sales rep role looking to make that break to the next position possibly, or how to crush it in their current role. So Jason, we've already had you on multiple times. If you guys haven't heard, I can give you guys, we can have Jason introduce himself again, but you guys just go back and listen because it's going to be helpful. But Jason, welcome back to the show. Good to see you. And good to uh, see you. I really enjoy uh, the success of this effort. Um, there's so many people trying to get in. Uh, you know, the, the job market, it's weird. A lot yeah. of layoffs, and yet it is pretty tight. Yes. So there's a labor shortage, but but there's still plenty of opportunities. And but it's more important now than ever that you know how to make the most of your first opportunities. Yep. That you know how to interview well to get that first opportunity or get that next opportunity. So this yep. is very timely. I'm glad you're bringing this topic up for your audience. Yeah. No. And again, having someone like yourself who literally has been through it all in the last 20 plus years of being in medical device med tech that world and now training those teams of people getting hired, you see it every single day and you actually take those people who just got started, might not know what they're doing to actually how to be successful sales reps and right. managers in the field. And there was no better person to actually talk about this with. So I'm really excited to to kind of dive deep and, and to get your knowledge. Cause again, I learned from this as well. So I'm excited for this episode. Well, your audience won't be shocked to hear that a lot of the learnings for, for all of us in our careers comes from some of the mistakes we made. And I, mm. I made mistakes. My, um, my break-in to med tech was with Kaifon. Uh, they had created a marketing associate role as a sub rep type of thing. Uh, Kaifon was on a roll, but they needed to do more to drive market awareness and co-marketing with surgeons and those type of opportunities. But I was allocated to a particular rep in a particular territory. And I didn't navigate that conversation well. I didn't navigate that opportunity well. And uh, it's regrettable. Um, but I'm getting calls to that effect. Um, uh, people struggling with their new teams, struggling with their teammates. And there's a couple of things that I would point out. Um, one, very often, we're being given as a resource to a tenured rep. But they're a rep and they're tenured because they're not management material. That seems to be a common threat. Yep. And I've seen this quite a bit, right? Which says they're fantastic reps. They're number two in the country. And da, 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 you know. But managing other people isn't necessarily their skill set. And yep. uh, no fault of their own. They probably weren't given management training yep. or any kind of training to make them make this situation go better either. So we always need to give that rep the benefit of the doubt. That's number one. Number two, sometimes the company, the architecture of this position is wrong. Um, this rep's doing really well. We want to sprinkle them more around the territory. We want to free up some of their time. So we're going to give them an associate rep and have you cover cases. Well, that means you're going to be working with the high volume doctors. Well, the high volume doctors tend to be their most precious, most valuable best relationships, and they're not really interested in letting us, the newbies, 
go in there and mess yeah. around in there. Like you could <laughs> mess stuff up. And I did. I did. Um, I was a little too confident, a little too arrogant and uh, had a couple wins early with a couple physicians and got way too comfortable, way too quick. And I needed to be more respectful of the rep and more respectful of the physicians. And I just got a little too casual, too quick. And they were like, who is this guy? He doesn't know Jack. He's been here like six months. And like, now he thinks he runs the place. You know, like um, I got, I got thrown out on my ear by one of them. Just really pissed him off. But um, so, you know, good on, on most of our audience, you know, they're, they've got good manners. They've got uh, self-awareness. They've got business acumen, uh, those type of things, which is great. Yep. But you're still, it's kind of like being at your in-laws. You're welcome here, kind of. You know, like you put a foot <laughs> wrong and you might find yourself out of here. It's, it's <laughs> one of those situations. But um, I really needed to do a better job of understanding how the rep wins mm-hmm. and being content to help them win rather than further my own career. Um, it's hard to be patient. It's hard for them to keep telling me that I'm new and I don't know what I don't know and I need some more experience. And, you know, we all want to be at that next position in 18 to 24 months. It's like, how can I, well, tell me what I need to learn. Tell me what I need to do. Tell me what I need to achieve. What are you looking for? Well, help me check the boxes. Help me check the boxes. You know what that sounds like to the rep? Your job, you've been hired to help me. Exactly. And um, I'm seeing that with some of the phone calls I'm taking, people who are just impatient, want the list. Because in 24 months, they want to be sure that they they did check the boxes. So I get that. But I think one of the opportunities that I missed, um, that I see a lot of the people I talk to that are missing, when they're navigating some of these problems, when there's issues, what I have seen is the associate rep tends to have a associate rep manager. The senior rep tends to have a different senior rep manager. And we don't know how to take advantage of the infrastructure. We don't know how to take advantage of the org chart and the um, hierarchy to address issues, address problems. Mm-hmm. The rep is not responsible for your career progress. They're not responsible for your professional development. Yep. That tends to be where the friction is, Yep, is we're really hoping they'll help us. That's not their job. That's not their manager's job. It's my manager's job. Mm-hmm. So I need to have that conversation with that person, not with the rep. And I, you know what I mean? Like keep those things in their compartments and, and work that way. And then if there's a problem, take it to my boss, who will take it to their boss. Who? Um, so there's just, there's just some um, ignorance. There's some naivete. We just don't know. Like, I just didn't know how to access the infrastructure. I don't know who I I could go to. And I didn't have a battle buddy. Uh, That's the last thing I would say. Uh, You got to know where you can go to vent. You're going to have complaints. You're going to have frustrations. You're going to have fears. Yep. Uh, You're going to have a bad day where you screwed something up and you kind of need somebody to talk to and ask for some good advice to get out of this scenario. Yep. And that's super hard. Uh, If you're new, if you just broke in, you you need a battle buddy. Um, And not every company provides it. No. 
um, I'm coaching. I have one-on-one coaching now with a lead yep. executive. And that's probably the service I'm providing most. So we go through a curriculum and they're, you know, they, they come in once a week and we go through different things and they learn a whole bunch of stuff, but very quickly it's like, Hey, um, can we talk about this doctor? I had this appointment. Hey, can we talk about this thing? Yep. Hey, I got this teammate. Hey, like I'm not their manager, but because I've been in those ranks, I help them navigate the issues. And we, you know, we're talking about this. Um, when it goes badly, you get your first gig and you get there and you realize some of the things they told you isn't true. <laughs> They're not the most ethical organization. Yep. Your management might have a moral lapse or a glaring, ugly, hairy, gnarly, like something is not good. Um, I had a heartbreaking call. This is probably six weeks ago now. Um, female representative out in California just joined on with a distributor. Uh, some really inappropriate things were done in front of her that really made it clear these people don't have a, um, they're not good people. Yeah. They, right? They're just not being professional. Yep. This isn't a good culture. Yep. If she stays. It's going to be worse. Yeah. Cause she, they've done a, cute, a few things in front of her and she hasn't protested. She hasn't thrown a fit. She hasn't uh, called them out on it. Yeah. You know, she's new. Exactly. So, what do I do? I can't believe this is happening. And she, yep. and she called me, this was a free call, but she called me and she knew what the right answer was. She just kind of needed somebody else to say it out loud. Yep. She talked to her parents about it. I, you know, it's her first job. Yeah. She's been super successful in sports, in college, coming out of school. She was, had this loaded resume of, of, you know, accomplishments and this was her first gig and, and you don't want to quit your first gig. Yeah. You know, not quickly either because no, it makes it look like you no. can't do it. We talk about that all the time. Right. But think about this. If she stays in that organization, and I try to explain this to her. If that's going on. Yep. And they get caught get tainted by that. Yep. Other people know that that organization is like, that's happening. And if you stay too long, that, you know, that's going to taint you. And anyways, it, I felt terrible for her, but it happens. Yep. It happens. So what do you, I mean, what have you heard? I mean, what are some of those? Yeah. No, that's, that, that's a common thing I've seen as well. Like you and I were talking off air is like, I've gotten a bunch of calls of like, Hey, they lied to me. Hey, it's not what I expected. Hey, I'm just joining in. There's a couple of thoughts of like what you just said. There is number one. This is why we're so big at like new to medical device sales. And like in the course that we teach is, you're interviewing the company. It's not them interviewing you. Because with so many people and what we teach is so many people, even if you're a, an associate rep, you broke in, now you're trying to go to the next rep. What so many people do is they're like, I'm just looking for the next opportunity. It pays this. Just please take me compared to, is it a good fit? Do they have the same goals and morals? And are they ethical? And are they excited for you just as like you are excited for them? Are they selling to you? Because so many people go in an aspect of, Oh, just please take me. Right. And I always bring it back to dating. Cause again, I'm in that dating age. There's a lot of people that are in this dating age. Uh, Ryan Blasco was like, I can tell you're still uh, not married. <laughs> and I was like, yep, fair. Um, but the conversation was, is a lot of people right now when they're trying to break in or they're going for that next position, it's, I'm just looking for someone to, who will kiss me. And if you're the first one, I'll take it. Right. Instead of, are you going out on a date? Are you getting to know them? Are they putting in the effort for you? 
right? Is it one-sided or is it both? Are you both putting in the effort? Are you getting to know each other? And so that's the big thing I, I think that just needs to be said for if you're trying to break into medical device sales or you're already in it. It's a relationship and everything. And are you getting it both times? And understand, this is where I just, I'm such a big advocate of the course of not being like, hey, come give us money. It's, we know, and we can help navigate that opportunity. So once you're in, we know that you're in a good spot and you can have success once you're in it. Because what so many people are doing and exactly what you're saying is they try to just go wing it by themselves. They get in. Now it's not what they thought. Now they're like, what do I do? Like that girl, what do I do? What is going on? And if you would have just done the right things during the interview process, you would have known that was not a right fit yeah. for you in that process. So that's number one. Number two, I just have to make the mention of going on with the reps and associates. I get this call all the time. My rep doesn't do this. My rep doesn't do that. You all have to understand it's not your rep's job to babysit you. Your rep gets paid on their quota. And their rep is you were brought in just to help. And, and this is why I get so serious about it, you guys, is you said that you wanted this. You said you're a self-starter. You said you'll figure it out. And now you get into it. And now you're wanting your hand held. And now this is what I tell people. Maybe you don't have the best rep to actually coach you. I networked more once I broke into the industry than I did when I was trying to break in. I was trying to talk to everybody. I was trying to talk, learn from other reps, whether they were in my division or not, because you can always be learning from other people. And hence, right. that's our whole thing is what we do too, is making sure to your point of that battle buddy, that's what I'm so proud of what we have created is the community. Because I know the people that are in, they have friendships. They're going through the struggle of trying to break in together and, they, and they're, hey, what's going on? How are you seeing this? But then once they're in together, guess what? We get people like we just got three people hired this last week. Well, those three people know each other. Guess what they're going to go through? The same fire hose. It's all with different companies. But hey, how are you feeling? How can you talk? Because many people don't understand your your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your spouse, your fiance. They're not going to understand what you're going through in this industry. And sometimes, like Jason said, you need to vent. We we have it with I have I'm blessed in the team that I have. They're like, hey guys, if you just need a call, let's have a, a weekly call where it's just a vent session that you need to get some stuff off your chest because we are going to face some t challenges and it is going to be a tough thing. And you gotta be super careful. You, you cannot vent to just anybody. It, preach that one more time because I just had this talk with our coach is we've had people go vent to wrong people. Right. And it's the, like I made a comment, we're trying to teach our students this. Guess what you can't do. You can't go vent to the other rep or you can't go vent to the other surgeon. You're out. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, you, you have to manage up expectations up and down the ladder. Yep. And uh, yeah, battle buddies are, are special people. Um, when you're looking to, to break in or you're looking for that next thing, to your point about interviewing them, right? So there's a couple of things about that. Um, your, your first couple gigs, your manager is super important. Um, later you'll win in spite of your manager. Um, I've got examples of that. Yep. But early on, who you go to work for really matters. And what I see is people are asking questions about management style. Like, are you going to micromanage me? You know, how do you like to manage people? Like, no, don't worry about any of that stuff. What you want to know is, are they winners? Have they won something? What have they accomplished? If Reach you it. go to work for somebody who's been on P clubs uh, as a rep and then P clubs as a manager, the rest of it takes care of itself. They're winners. And remember what their job is. It's not to manage you. 
their job is to come in and get deals unstuck yep. and to get you resources that you need when you need something. Yep. Like that's their job. They're there to help you. Right. They're not there to manage you. So asking them about management style and those type of things is a waste of your time. And that's not the right question. The second thing I would say is you can only be as honest as your boss. I, I cannot remember. There's this really weird, small little book about success. It's like a self-published thing. I can't remember the guy's name. It's blank. I, it, I'll find it. But it's like Miller's Rule or something like that. Anyways, his rule is you can only be as honest as your boss. Yep. Because at some point, if they're doing something that's uh, outside the lines, they're going to ask you to do something outside the lines, and you're going to say no, and then it's over. <laughs> right? Like, yep. Come on. Yeah. So, you know, you really do want to get at some of that, and you want specific examples um, uh, of them really, you know, putting some of their ethics and their character on their sleeve. Now, um, I'm a Christian, right? You say, no, no, no. It kind of means like, I believe if I do certain things, I go to hell. Yep. (laughs) Come on. There's a higher authority. (laughs) And and so, you know, ethics, religion, you know, those type of things in an interview process in a corporate environment, those things can be uh, a little bit, a little bit hard to get at and say, well, how do I get at some of the stuff? I want to know that I'm working for a good person. Um, you know, you, you want to ask, do they have family? What do they do on the week? Who are they on Saturday? Who are they on Saturday? Um, Ask them to give them, give you a specific example where they actually get found themselves in their own ethical, moral dilemma with somebody. And like, what was the story and what did they have to do? And why did they have a problem with that? Like, that's the question you want to ask is if they say um, there was an issue, don't assume that you know why that was an issue. Like, help me yeah. out. Why Why was that an issue? Yeah. Who's going like, to what, what I'm asking f- for is by what standard? Yep. Um, I want to work for people who have a standard that transcends themselves. I don't want them to be the standard. I want, I don't want them to say, well, you know, I just, I just don't believe that's, that's right. Yep. Like, ugh, that's not the right answer. I, I, I need you to point to something, someone, some some system outside yourself to which you hold yourself accountable, to which you know you're under authority. Um you want to work for a tyrant, work for somebody who can't point to an authority outside themselves. Mm-hmm. And if they don't find themselves under some some kind of authority or they don't point to a standard that never deviates, then you always find yourself asking, well, by what standard? And you're gonna yep. be shocked when you get there and things aren't what they told you. And it's like, well, we, you know, we moved the goalpost because we can't. Yep. Yep. Cause it's my, it's my right. job. Like it's mine. It's mine. It's, and yep. so I, I don't see this all the time, but I, I see it less in cor- corporate environments than I do in distributorships because yeah. distributorships work like little fiefdoms. Yep. yep. And unfortunately there's not the same accountability structure there. So you just have to know that going in to be aware. A thousand percent. Um, the other thing I would say is when you're thinking about the company and the opportunity, this is a little, just a little cheat here, little tip. There's something called a whole product. And if you're evaluating, let's say you have three offers and you're, you're trying like the manager's good, the company's good. Now it's gotten down to the product. Like, okay, which product is better and helping make more money and that type of thing. Ask yourself five questions or somewhere in the interview process, get this out of them. Is the product proven safe? Is the product proven effective? Is the product easy to use with broad applications? 
is the product durable? Do you have the three-year, five-year, seven-year data? Has that been published yet or is it on its way? Is it not out yet? Mm -hmm. And then finally, is it financially feasible? Do you have code? Do you have coverage? Where are you in that process? Um, Obviously, I do a lot of startup. Yep. And many times we come to market with a safety study, maybe one landmark clinical efficacy trial. We don't have the long-term data. Maybe we have a code. Yeah. Probably don't have insurance coverage. Uh, We might be indicated for one application, not expanded indications, not, right? So there's a continuum there. But those are the five product questions you want to ask. Like, where are we in this product's life cycle? And in terms of how well this product sells, you know, show me that you've addressed those five issues. Because for every facility, Every surgeon, every VAC committee, <laughs> like I got news for you. Guess what yeah. they're gonna want? <laughs> so it what you know, when you finally get, you know, past the manager, past the culture, past some of these other issues, and, and you're down to that product, those are the questions. And that's the analysis you want to do. Yep. Especially if you have options, if you are choosing between two jobs or three jobs. Yep. That's what you want to look at. What what else have you have you talked, you know, found yeah. that's good to look at? Yeah, no, what, a couple things that I just wanted to, to mention that you stated is I get so passionate about the one of look at what they've accomplished, right? Because you can't go farther than somebody has already been, right? So for example, if you're looking at a manager and they're and that's who you're trying to learn from, if they've never been a president club winner, it's going to be pretty hard for them to teach you how to be a president club winner, right? And that's now here's the one thing that you also have to understand though. And this is what I get very passionate about as well. There's a lot of people in the NFL who can run a four, three, but they can't teach you how to run a four, three. So what you have to look for is the person who's been able to do it and then been able to help others do it. So they are proven to be able to teach it and pass it down because so many people will be able to be like, Oh, I've done this. And that's been my biggest thing of what we do, right? There's people that will try to help you break into medical device sales. At this point, I've been able to help. Not only have I done it, I've got the offers. I've had success. I've closed the big deals, but also I've helped 1300 plus other people do it. So now we, I know we can do it. I've been coaching forever. So the reason I'm just saying that to you guys, Jason made such a great point is when you guys are looking at those opportunities, whether you're a first year, your first time trying to break in, or you're somebody who is your first year and you're trying to go to that next level, who you're going to be around matters. And have they been able to have success themselves, but also teach others on that team who have been able, because the best managers that I see will talk about their past success stories with their reps, that they cr- helped them, they trained them, they had so much success that they actually got promoted somewhere else. They, they promoted in the company or they promoted somewhere else because of the success that they've had. And that's a great track record. So I got to mention that, number one. Now, off that, the one thing I do want to just mention, because me and Jason were talking a little bit th- about this on the uh, off air, was I see so many people to the point of what Jason just explained of like, how you know if a product or a company is going to be worth one of the main reasons if it's worth going to and if you can have success as it by itself. But number two, what I see so many times is people being like, I want to go to this division because in my head, I think this is the best or whatever it is. What I just had to talk with our team in office hours about and our, our students is more people are choosing a quote unquote product than they are the team. Because there's a lot of great products out there. But if you have a manager who's not going to help you, you don't have a rep who's there to help you. You don't have anybody who's going to like the training. What's the training like? What if you don't have all that in place? 
I, the people I see who have the most success and are the happiest in this industry are the people who are able to have teammates who work as a team. They're like, that's why I'm so proud to be at Innovis is like, we're a family. We're having family dinners in the evenings, all that. But like, we can call each other. We know just today, one of my teammates is like, hey man, can you send this out for me? Because I don't have any more. I'm going right after this to go send it out, right? So it's like, who, who are you with? Do you have a bunch of lone wolves? Or do you have people who are actually gonna be on your side? Because I will tell you, so many people are like, I want to do ortho or I want to be in, you know, capital, whatever it is. But you've ne- uh, for like our first year and you've never been there. Right. And even for the people that are brand new. Yeah. You, you've had eight months. You've had 12 months. Great. You're still a baby. You don't even you haven't even scratched the surface of what else is out there in the medical device sales world. So just because you think, you know, you talk to four people, they said this. First off, I would encourage you to go talk to thousands of people, hundreds of people, whatever you can get just to learn about the market. That's the only reason I know this is I learned from people like Jason, but I've also been on 10,000 plus phone calls in the last three and a half years easily. That's the only reason I can talk the way I talk. That's number one. But number two on that is, is it a family? Is it people that are like covering cases? Is it people that are going to help you out? Are they going to, do they want you to succeed? Because you are going to be helping and providing value to that team. Do they see that number one? And then are they going to try to help you as well? That's what I just have to state because so many people, and I I was this way, used to be the lone wolf, right? And I, and there's a lot of times I am, but you, if you want to be an organization, you want to crush it, you want to do it, you can't be a lone wolf because you can go have success by yourself, but that doesn't help the organization, number one. But number two, to your point of like being able to coach, the best thing that's happened to me this year is growing businesses because know what you can't do? Be the lone wolf who's like, going back to the rep, why a lot of reps don't make great managers or CEOs or whatever it is, is because I did it this way. Well, if you're not me and I had this expectation, you're not going to understand it. But can I relate to you? Can I be able to teach that to you? And can I have grace? Can I have peace when I'm doing it? Because that's where I've grown the most, Jason, this year is working with a team, having people that are employees underneath me and being like, I have pretty high expectations, as you guys all can imagine. And what I've had to learn is a lot of those expectations are fake timelines in my head that will take away. So I just had to state all that because you you drop some gems there, but I just want you all to kind of hear this, whether you're trying to break in or you're already in. That's the kind of the biggest mistakes that I see people make when they're trying to break in. I think, you know, one of the things you want to have in your mind is not so much how, how much am I going to earn, but how much am I going to learn? And so as you're thinking about the next opportunity, really ask a lot of questions about the training. Uh, is the expectation we're going to, is it sink or swim? Hey, we're going to drop you in and, and we'll see how you do. Is it, oh, you'll learn everything from the rep. You know, you'll spend two weeks in the car with the rep. Or, like how formal is their training program? Can they show you a syllabus? Do they know what you'll be doing in six weeks? Do they, like, what's it look like? Some companies are better than others. Yep. But your career depends upon a thousand percent. And I see this the most in like we have the talk in our course, exactly what you just said is you have to like, they should be able to tell you the first six to 12 weeks, what your life is going to look like. If they can't, that's a red flag. Number one, number two, we say this, this is, we get a lot of people hired at distributors and distributorships, but this is why we help in that process. Like if we have people who don't have degrees or they, they only have an associates or whatever that is, there's a lot of people who are at a distributorship. Like you said, it's, it's their money. They're going to run it how they want to run it. And Joe the Schmo can run his own business and just have things, right? But yeah. what I make sure our people know is, what's it look like? What's the training? 
Are, what's the onboarding look like? What What is the first 12 weeks going to look like for you? Are they taking you into cases? Are they helping you out? Or what we see a lot of times in these distributorships is, hey, it's 100% commission. Good luck, buddy. Right. Here's what you sell. And if they're not proud of their training, you should question that. Yep. You, really good organizations that have good training programs are pretty proud of it. And they want to show it to you and tell you about it. And as you're asking about it, they're glad you're asking about it. Yep. And organizations that don't, it's not that they're hiding it. It's just they don't have much to point to. And that's kind of the telltale. Like, oh, you really don't have a program that you're excited to show me. <laughs> um, the the other thing I would say is is the interview. And and we can bring it home here. But yeah. Uh, so you you pointed out, you know, winning is big. What, what have they accomplished versus how they manage? But, you know, you want to ask them, tell me about a time. Tell me about a time. And, and you really want to draw out concrete examples, good examples, where they have helped reps, trained reps, uh, dealt with a problem. You know, like, how do you handle problems? What if I make a mistake? Naive, uh, uh, earnest you know, in earnest, you know, trying to do the right thing, but like, give me an example of a time when you had to redirect somebody. What's that look like? What's that sound like? And then everybody needs to have three things that are true about you that have made you successful, that you don't want to leave this interview without them knowing you did this, you did that, you are this type of person. This is what's this, this is what you draw. They may not know to ask you certain questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the conversation may go in a certain direction and time may be running out. You monitor the time. Yep. And you make sure that those three things get declared, that you get it across. You get a chance to tell that story and describe that thing. It, it's your job. You got to go get it. Yep. You got to make sure that, you know, they're going to interview four, five, 10, 20 people. Make sure they've heard what you need them to hear. Yeah. A thousand percent. Um, you know, what are your processes? What are your insights? What do you know that other people don't don't know? Make sure I know before we leave. Yeah, I love that. And then I always say to our people, whether you're trying to break in, because I get this, I just had it yesterday with people. Hey, I have a first year or first round interview, second round interview. It doesn't matter if you're going through the interview process or you're already in the industry. You're all going to go through these interview processes. But what I tell every single person, because they all try to go too much in depth, they get too stressed about it. And it's, if you can know your why, why you want to be in medical device sales, if you know why you want to be a part of that company, why you want to be a part of that division, and why you're the best candidate, if you can know those four whys, I don't care, first round, second round, or third round, you're going to be able to go through. Because that's like, I just talked to somebody today, as I was telling you off air, they're going to go call with Stryker. And they're like, oh, why do you want to be in medical device sales? They can tell me that. But then I'm like, why do you want to be with Stryker? Can't loot you're laying an egg. They didn't have an answer. Well, guess what? You just lost. Going back yeah. to, you're just taking the first person who will give you a kiss. You're not right. like really being, doing your research, right? And so to everybody out there, like Jason saying, what people don't understand about sales is it's chess, right? It's not checkers. It is chess. You are playing chess, but like it is my job when I'm going into the interview process or it is my job when I'm going to meet with a surgeon, I already have an idea where the conversation is going. Now, don't get me wrong there's a chance that there's a curveball in there and we got we to gotta audible during the time, right? But I should already have an idea of where I want the conversation to go, what I need to have laid out so they can understand it and then make sure to bring it back and close it. And if you can't do that, that's exactly what Jason's saying. A lot of times these managers, two things. A, 
they're not going to ask you the questions. They're going to just try to wrap it up as fast as possible. And many people are just like, oh, it was going so well. So I didn't want to say anything. And then number two is I can sit here and tell you, I've, our people talk to regional managers. Some of these regional managers give the absolute worst interviewing advice I've ever heard in my life. And they literally are the people doing the interviews. I've been with people like in my own process, I've been in processes where I sit down and I'm like, what's the app plan and the regional manager going to tell me that is one of their only jobs. Right? So right then and there, I knew I was not going to be working with that person. But what I'm just telling you guys is who you're learning to. But a lot of times these RMs, these regional managers, they don't even know. So it goes back to the surgeons when I'm selling my product, a lot of times they don't know what they don't know. So I need to make sure if I'm selling myself, that they know by the end of this interview. Do you, uh, do you offer resume help? Yeah, we do. Yep. We do do resumes, cover letters, LinkedIn, all that. It matters. It really does. Um, I haven't seen a, what I would call a terrible one lately. Uh, some are better than others, but I haven't <laughs> seen a terrible one lately. It seems like everybody's you know doing their homework and, and up in their game. So that that's good. Uh, I do see people struggle, especially if they're new, like, how do I, you know, this is my experience. These are the jobs I've had. I'm trying to break in. So how do I position that work? Um, and unfortunately it's like, uh, well, this is what I did there. Hmm. What were you responsible for? What did you accomplish there? Yeah. What did you do there? And how does it relate to what you're about to do? That's what, that's what we continue to take that experience of like, how can you take that to what you do? And this, this is what we teach. This is how we have so much success getting three people hired just last week is most people don't know how to play the game. It's why they don't win the game. If you don't know how to play, it's challenging. The last thing I would say is this is sales, but it's med tech. Yep. Do you have a connection? Do you have a story? Do you have like what's your passion for patients uh for people that are hurting for people that are in pain um in my case my mom was diagnosed with cancer when i was six and she eventually died when i was 14 so uh for me the reality was that med school just wasn't ever going to be in my future yep but when i got a chance to get into pharma and then into med tech like that touched a soft spot in my heart Right. And it was very different from my days at CentOS where we were selling rags and uniforms. Yeah, 1, percent. Um, I'm grateful for that B2B experience. But when I got a chance to go into medical and and so back to your last question about the why, you know, why are you here? Why are you in medical? Um, you, you need you need something under the hood. You need a fire in the belly. You need a you need yeah. a connection. Uh, and then in the interview, you need to bring that across. You need to explain that. Like, this is why I want med tech. Yep. Come on. And I, I'm going to just touch on this because this is where I get the most passionate. Everybody, I, hey, what's your why? Whether they're they're in or they're not in, they're trying to break in. You want to know why? when I know everybody's not going to break in? I want to help people. Great. Everybody wants to help people. But what is your why? Why are you here? Why You can go help people. One of the best things I got told was you're a personal trainer. You're already helping people way more than we help people. That was a comment from a regional sales manager at Medtronic, right? The reason I'm telling you guys that, what is your why? Why are you in this interview? Because I will sit here and tell you, right, what Jason just said. You know, you you saying, I want to help people and financially is going to help me out compared to Jason saying, I lost my mom to cancer. 
and has a, an actual story and, and it relates to his life and how he knows he's going to be selling products that might be able to sense that where it doesn't happen or they can change it. That's the difference, guys. That's what you all need to hear. And I'll say it one more time for you all. Why is not, I want to help people and I want to make money. That can be a piece of it. That can definitely be a piece of it. But if your why is just, I want to help people, that's not a good enough story. Who's been in your life? What has happened to you? Did you have a surgery? Did you have a grandparent you lost? Your mom, your dad, someone you closely knew. Like I can sit here and tell you, I lost my buddy to brain cancer. You know what? I have a pretty dang good story and passion to go into after this. If I want to go into brain, go into neuro for anything, because I lost my best friend to it. And now that I could sell a device that I never have to watch anybody go through what we did. That's why you guys don't win. You just think, now I can make some money. I can drive a nice car. I can sell something that will help people. It can be, <laughs> you're selling to sell salespeople. They can see that. What, like, the last thing I'll just leave it on here is, what drives you? What wakes you up in the morning? Because I can sit here and tell you, and Jason can tell you, like, guys, the money's great, but the money's not going to wake you up on some of those days. The money's not going to fill your soul, right? Like, that's the thing of just being a Christian. Like Jason said, I know, like, whether I make a dollar or I don't, I know whose I am. I know who I am in Christ, and I know what my purpose is here in life and what we can do. So, again, just understand it's not all about the money. It's not about that because the worst feeling you can ever have, and I'm just going to state this for every single human being listening, what happens when you make the $50,000 in a month and you feel worse than you did when you had no money? That's what people don't understand. That's why your why means so much. So, Jason, I just want to say thank you so much, man, to just taking your time for your expertise. I love being able to learn from you, but also know how many people, because we see the messages, you screenshot them, we see them all. How and many that was the thing I want to, Yeah, I want to say uh, thank you. Uh, for those of you that are watching and listening and then sending us questions and feedback, it means the world to I know it means to Jake. I mean, when we pass these back and forth, I mean, how many times is it like emojis, emojis, <laughs> emojis? Yeah. Um, it, it's good to know that it's helping and it's uh, it's an opportunity for Jacob and I to answer your questions uh, and we, we value that opportunity. So yeah. um, we're glad that this is helping. If you need to reach out, don't hesitate. We, we appreciate that opportunity too. And uh, we want to see you do well, right? Yeah. Um, to Jacob's earlier point, in med tech, when you win, when, when you teach somebody something that changes their mind, that changes their behavior, that causes them to do more and better, to do more minimally invasive or to try that new technique, right? You're probably helping my family. Yeah. Somewhere in this country, like one of my relatives is probably going to be impacted by what you're doing, by what you're selling. That win today with that physician or that nurse or that OR director, like we need you to win and we know it. Yep. We know it. We want you to win. We need you to win. So please don't hesitate to reach out. We'd like to help. Love it. Jason, well, thank you so much for taking time with us. And to everybody, if you can press that like and subscribe button, share this podcast because we just want to help as many people. We'll see you on the next one. Peace.